Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the CMC game. Uh, this is technically episode number four, but it's a little bit different because we're actually live on Twitch right now for the fourth episode, which is odd. But uh, anyway, if you don't remember, the CMC game is a version of our Bruise and Builds episodes where instead of focusing on the grains, hops, yeast, and spice, we focus solely on the CMC of a card or the mana value. Uh, I am Marketing Ross, and I'm joined by my fellow moderator of the Discord, SD Sharpie. Sharpie, how you doing? Doing pretty good. It was like a whole minute. I didn't think you were going to introduce me. I was like, I'm here too, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I apologize. I was I was getting excited and ahead of myself. No, no problem. But for today's episode, we would like to welcome you back to the CMC game and introduce today's contestant. Uh, today's contestant likes pina coladas and getting caught in graveyards. She won't need a need to phone a friend with the gimmick she has up her sleeve. Please welcome Sadisi Brood Tyrant and her ooey gooey companion Umori the Collector. These two unite their love for creatures either by dumping them in the graveyard or reducing the cost for actually casting them with a goal of making an unstoppable zombie army. So welcome to the show, Sadisi. Yay! <laughs> All right, first first reactions, Sharpie. What do we think of Sadisi when we see her hit a table? It's kind of like the Kalia thing. She used to be really scary. You used to have to watch that player, but I don't think that's really the problem anymore. I don't. I have seen Sadisi maybe once in like the last three years. So I think she's been uh, she's been power crept out a little bit, and. When we uh, take a look at who her companion is here this time, she's not going to do nearly the the powerful things that she used to anyway. Well, I'll I'll see if I so, can fix that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> so, for those of you who aren't familiar with Sidisi, uh, she is one colorless and sultai, black, green, blue. Uh, and whenever she enters the battlefield or attacks, you mill three cards, and that's important because whenever one or more Creature cards are put into your graveyard from your library. You create a 2-2 zombie. So, welcome to the show, Sadisi. But before we get into all of that, we have a little housekeeping. I lost my knock-knock sound, so <laughs> knock-knock-knock. So, if you guys would like to support us, you can do so on patreon.com slash Tower. It's going to be another one of those nights where I can't talk. We've got some pretty cool perks on there for as low as a dollar. You get access to, or full access to our Discord. $3, sorry, $3. Yes, it's $3 now. There are higher tiers as well that'll get you uh, some sweet swag. And then our highest tiers get uh, extra benefits like being able to uh, show up on SCR or um, some of our Twitch streams. Yeah. Uh, and if you are interested in that swag, but uh, don't have the funds to contribute to Patreon right now, that's totally cool. Uh, you can go and find those on our Etsy shop, uh, which I believe is etsy.com slash store slash CMD tower or something to that effect. But uh, if you're one of the lazy folk like me, you can just go to Etsy and type in the search bar CMD tower. Yeah. And um, if you want to support us in a further way, you can hit up our 
our sponsor, Abyss Proxy Shop. I forgot the word. I'm sorry, guys. Um, Abyss Proxy Shops to get some sweet playtest cards or proxies. You can use code CMD Tower for 10% off your order. They have some really sweet stuff over there. Uh, Mr. Combo has built two complete whole decks made out of proxies. He has a Game of Thrones deck, which is really sweet. And then he has a Najila Wandering Japan or something like that. And it's really cool too. So yeah, if you guys want to get some sweet, sweet, sweet playtest cards or proxies, whatever you want to call, call them, head on over to Bix Proxy Shop. Now that that's done, Mark and Ross, what's the haps? <laughs> You had to say it, didn't you? I did. It's there. <laughs> I'm gonna start censoring you out. Oh, not much, man. Just just working and playing magic when I can. We got in some some good games recently. I got to finally test out my popper deck against yourself and a fellow Discord member, Cameron the Tree Folk Lord, which was uh was kind of cool. So I, not a lot of people in my other play groups run popper decks, so uh, I don't usually get to test it out in the format that it's intended for, but I do get to, I, I use a commander that is also a legendary creature so that I can run it in regular tables. And sometimes that's a, a fun challenge to yourself to see if a popper deck can hang with the, the big boys. Sometimes it can, sometimes it does not. But uh, anyway, that was, so that was a fun experience. And I got to say you and uh, you and Cameron had much more, interesting and unique builds than i did i uh i run jasmine of the seven jasmine boreal of the seven who basically just wants you to run vanilla creatures and she taps for uh green white but you can only use it on vanilla creatures but the big uh the big kicker is the second line of text with which sharpie almost missed and that's uh (laughs) you you can't block vanilla creatures unless you have vanilla creatures yeah that was pretty dangerous I think that deck slaps pretty hard, so it's it may not be as interesting as ours, but I, I think it's just as good, if not stronger. Well, hey, thanks. Yeah, but that was uh, that was me talking for a long time. What's <laughs> been going on with you? Well, um, I guess something interesting is is my local play group has started a uh, a budget league, which uh, nice. I don't know if you know this, but I, I really that. I really like budget leagues. Um, I always say that. Games of Magic would go a lot better, or Games of Commander would go a lot better if everybody were had like equal decks. And you don't really get that with um, different thing budgets and power levels and stuff like that. So some people have really good times in a game, and then some people have really bad times because of the differences. But when you have a budget league, pretty much everybody is on par uh, with their deck, and it's more of a skill-based game. So yeah, that's been really fun. Um, We've met up twice now. I think we're just doing a short one. So we're doing like four or five meetups. And uh, your boy is two O's. So nice. I'm, I'm having and, fun. Uh, who, who's your commander for the budget league? Uh, Urza, the new one, the the Esper one. Chief Artificer, I think okay. is his name. Yeah. So Not the Modern Horizons Urza? No, 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 no. No, I'm not that much. So you didn't blow generic. like at least a half of your budget on the commander? <laughs> I did not, no. No, nice. he's, he's pretty fun. Yeah, I mean the the new Urza and the new Mishra are both pretty strong out of the box for those precons. They're they're a lot of fun. I've seen I've seen you play yours, and then I've seen the the Mishra or Mishra, however you want to say it, uh, precon run out of the box as well, and they both can hang pretty well. Mm-hmm. But now I think we'll just move on into the meat that everybody uh, came to eat. That's a thing that people say, right? <laughs> so, what is the CMC game Sharpie? 
the CMC game is um, is basically where we go through and we cover an entire deck and s- instead of doing the normal um, hops and greens and stuff like that compared to a beer, we, we break down the deck in more of a game show fashion. We go through and we each pick our favorite cards from each um, CMC slot. So we have stuff all the way from 0 to 12. Um, I, th- I don't think this deck has any zeros or twelves. Yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> no, yeah, this particular deck uh, runs cards uh, mana value one through eight. Well, and uh, if you didn't hear what the companion is, they're all creatures because <laughs> it's Yumori the Collector is the companion. So let me get that pulled up for the folks on Twitch if they're not familiar with that. Um, but Yumori the Collector is two colorless and hybrid Golgari, hybrid Golgari for a legendary creature, Ooze, who is a companion. So he starts outside the game in the companion zone. And you can pay three mana and move him into your hand and then cast him later. Uh, his companion restriction is that each card in your deck shares a card type. So for this particular build, I went with Creature. Uh, since DC cares about creatures falling into the graveyard... I had built this deck a while ago, like quite a while ago, and I had originally built it with the gimmick of only being creatures. One, to maximize on that uh, that trigger happening, but two, as a, a way to teach a couple of my friends how to play Magic um, in a, I don't know if you'd call it streamlined way, but they only cared about like creatures at the time. And so mm-hmm. I was like, here, there's a lot of cool things you can do with creatures, but then it also got them to uh, think about interaction with some of the creatures that are in here, as well as what time you can cast the creatures or use their abilities and then also paying attention to the graveyard as a secondary resource. So um, utilizing all of those things, I tried to make it so that someone could get the hang of creatures solely uh, and then figure out the rules of commander and then also use the graveyard and hopefully learn a little bit about magic without all of the layers of the, the stack that can come into play. Which is important. Don't forget the stack. <laughs> I'll say um, your deck definitely has some style points just due to that alone. <laughs> I wasn't really up on the deck when you sent me the list, but hearing the the explanation and the description and why you you went this route it sounds it sounds a lot cooler. And I think you went an easier route teaching people magic than I did. Uh, I just always gave them uh, what's his name, Aloro, the life gain guy. <laughs> Oh, that was kind of you. Yeah, they were just really big fans of gaining life every turn. But yeah, I think this is really cool. Just like, here's these creatures, play them, attack, you know, figure out how to interact with the board, and then we'll teach you instants and sorceries. Later, later, we'll get into that. (laughs) But yeah, so it was built that way originally. And then when Ikoria came out and they had the companions, I know there was a difference of opinion on companions, depending on who you're talking to. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, well, that's a, a snap add to my Sadisi deck because <laughs> she's already doing that. Yeah. Got your 101 card. That's right. I take it you're on the, the side of anti-companion? No, I think companions are freaking sweet. I actually... Yes. Um, so they changed the rule so, for them and how they work. I think that was really good for like uh, modern and legacy and stuff like that. But I think it was really bad for commander. I don't, to my knowledge, I don't know of anyone that was doing anything busted with them. 
So mm-hmm. it's kind of it kind of sucks that you have to add on an extra three mana to cast your companions now, but it is what it is. Yeah, it it telegraphs a little bit more, so you're you're not able to if they you know flash them in or anything like that. Not that you can use the the best companion, <laughs> the the spell otter, but I feel like it was it was kind of important in a way. It balanced it so that it's not necessarily just a hundred and first card, but it's like you have to tell people I'm going to get this thing over here yeah. and tell them that you're going to, you're about to use it, which in this case, it reduces the cost of creatures by one. So it's not backbreaking. It's helpful when it's out, but more often than not, I might forget that I have a companion <laughs> when I'm playing this deck. It's no guy Ruda. Right. Yeah. It's not the, not the star of the, the belly <laughs> boys deck like yours. Oh man. But that's enough about the the creatures that rule the deck. Let's talk about the creatures in the 99. Yeah. I'm going to use these as much as I can, by the way. <laughs> so, Morgan Ross, since this is your deck, what is the average CMC? The average CMC of this deck is 3.43. Yeah, you're pushing it pretty high there, aren't you? Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> there, you know, it could be it could be a lot more streamlined. But this being one of the decks that I built early on, there's a lot of like probably a lot more four and five drops than there should be just because they're they're cool cards. But we'll get into some of those. But as far as starting at the low end, what is the first card in the one drop slot that you would like to talk about? Well, I will say I'm disappointed that once again, your deck doesn't have zero drops. But the (laughs) first drop or the first one drop we'll be talking about is Hedron Crab. So for uh, one blue mana, you get a creature crab with landfall that says whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, target player puts the top three cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard, and it's a 0-2. And Hedron's perplex both mines, no, mines great and small. There you go. I even read the flavor text. Yes. So that, that reads... Hedron's perplex minds of both Sharpie's <laughs> caliber and mine. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think most Sadisi decks probably run this card. It's a, it's just a, a one mana workhorse is what it is. Yeah. This is a uh, staple for any Sultai reanimator mill type strategy. I, I see this in Muldrotha all the time. Grab. Yeah. And then, mm. The ooze, what's his name? Mimeoplasm, yeah. I used to have a Mimeoplasm deck, and much like your deck, it did work, so. (laughs) Also, if you didn't know, the Hedron Crab is now up to almost $6 for just one of them. I wonder if it still sees play in modern. I have no idea. We'll have to ask our friend Duff, who still does that sort of torture to himself. (laughs) So, Marketing (laughs) Ross, what is your one drop? My one drop is a cute way to get in some of the spell teachings, we'll call it, uh, with Siren Storm Tamer. So for one blue, you have a Siren Pirate Wizard 1-1 that has flying. But more importantly, you can pay a blue and sacrifice Siren Storm Tamer to counter target spell or ability that targets you or a creature you control. This comes in clutch in a couple of different ways. Uh, As you might imagine, as I'm doing things with Hedron Crab and other utility pieces in the deck, it's important that Sidisi is around to see all those things happen. So if I can counter removal, that's a a big deal. But 
The other key part of this is that it can counter an ability that targets me. Like if someone wants to remove my graveyard from the game. Oh, that's pretty smart. Like, yeah. I never thought of that. Yes. <laughs> Huzzah. Big brain plays. So, uh, <laughs> so along with dumping things in the graveyard, occasionally I like to pull those things back out of the graveyard. Um, so it's important that they stay there when I want them there. Yeah. Sweet card, sweet, sweet card. Yeah. Uh, and then moving on up into the uh, the two drop range, I'm going to talk about, make sure I spell this right, a uh, a new, newish card from Modern Horizons 2, Sinister Starfish. So for one colorless and a black, it's a 0-3 Starfish, and it has tap, surveil one. So look at the top card of your library, and you can put it in your graveyard if you want. So it's a little bit of top deck filtering. I can check and see what's, what's about to be on my next draw. If it's a, a creature that I don't necessarily need, I can use the starfish to dump it into the graveyard and get a city sea trigger. That's pretty good. If I'm not mistaken, I think this is like the reverse of a, a blue creature that's a starfish that scries one. I believe you're right. Yeah. I don't remember what that card's called, but I, I think either. you're exactly right. <laughs> uh, I've never seen this played in a commander deck. I would say it's a trash card, that's... but it does work here. So, oh, Dang. That is Sigiled Starfish. There you go. the original version of that. And it's a one colorless and a blue, and it scries, and it's a 0-3 starfish. So they're about identical, and the art's even similar. Even by the same guy, Nils Ham. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Blue, black. <laughs> blue, black. All right. Uh, moving on from starfish games, yeah, what two-drop did you want to talk about? We're going to talk about the best two-drop. We're going to talk about the best card yeah, of the whole deck. It's the best card. We've got... Grim Flare. So for two mana, yeah. a black and a green, you get a creature, human warrior with trample. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, look at the top three cards of your library, put any number of them into your graveyard and the rest on back on top of your library in any order. Then he has Delirium. He gets plus two, plus two, as long as there are four more card types among cards in your graveyard. And he's a two, two. And do you have the, yeah, do you have the Richard Kane Ferguson art in your deck? There Absolutely, I do. Yeah, that was a snap by when I saw that. Yeah, any anything that's a RFK that's printed, I almost always buy it. And then when I am already running it in a deck, I'm like, yep, that needs a replacement <laughs> real quick. I only own one, but I, I got to say, I would definitely buy more. Yeah, I mean, the and the art aside, which is totally rad and totally metal. <laughs> Grim Player being a 2-2 two, two for 2 that also has Trample, like... Those are pretty solid stats anyway. And then he brings that added ability of dumping creatures in the graveyard if I need to, to get mm -hmm. more zombies. And then pumps himself up as well, which is hard to hit in this deck because um, you need four or more card types. Yeah. I don't, can't, I don't but he can't, that, he can't but get bigger. Yeah. Like you said, very sweet card. Kind of like Hedron Crab. I don't know that it's as much of a staple for Sultai reanimator list, but it's it's definitely up there. It's definitely a card you want to be playing. Um, if you have the budget for it, snag them up, get the sweet art. You won't regret it. Absolutely. And the, the budget for the, the sweet art right now is 78 cents. So you can handle it. <laughs> yeah, man, it dropped. That thing used to be expensive. I think, uh, I think it was one of the, one of the ones where they thought it was going to be expensive because of the unique art. And then maybe it was just flooded. Well, no, but, I was just talking about um, 
just talking about Grim Flare in general, but you know, saying oh, that, in general. yeah, I think he was still in standard when I started playing, so that may have been why he was expensive. That could be. That would make sense. Yeah. All but right. Moving out of the two drop into the three drop, I'm going to let you go first. Yeah. What did you want to talk about? I have the cool one, unlike you. Hey, watch it. Oh, I did not know this card had a secret layer. So my three drop is a creature, but it's a, also an instant. So you get that that dual purpose card. We have Brazen Borrower for two blue and a colorless. You get a creature fairy rogue that has flash flying, and it can only block creatures with flying. It's a 3-1, and then it has an adventure stapled on it, which is Petty Thief. So that's a blue and a colorless. You return target non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand. Gas card sees play everywhere. It does good here because it's a creature, so it fits Umori, but it's also an instant, so it gives you that way to interact with your opponents. Um, in your situation, it's another way to teach those new players how to how to interact with the board. Yes, in a in an overly complicated way of exiling <laughs> the card into the adventure zone. But yeah, no, I I agree with all of that. I if this is in my hand, I'm probably not going to hard cast it unless I'm super desperate. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's it's mainly in the deck for that adventure cost. Makes me think you should try and slot in other adventure cards. Yeah, there are some that work work well, and then they're the, like the newer ones, the dragons and stuff that like give your creatures death touch until end of turn, and mm-hmm. the blue one counter stuff. But I, this, this deck probably has several releases that have happened where <laughs> it didn't get new toys. Um, unless I just like happened to pull them and was like, oh yeah, this could go into DC. Yeah. You like, you need the, uh, um, the beanstalk giant or whatever. Oh yeah. That'd be a ramp. good addition. Yeah. More, more ramp dog. Now you already besmirched its name without <laughs> us saying its name, but we're going to move into my three drop, which is a cool card. I don't care what you say. Uh, it's owl bear cub. <laughs> so for two colorless and a green, you get a bird bear. That is a three, three with the ability mama's coming. Uh, and because that's not ever going to become a <laughs> you know standard thing that they print over and over, I hope. But what that means is uh, whenever Owl Bear Cub attacks a player who controls eight or more lands, which happens in Commander, look at the top eight cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield tapped in attacking that player. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So I just think this is a fun thing to do. One of my favorite mechanics in Magic and one of my favorite things to do are the uh, the cascade or the the random outcome type mechanics. And so you could whiff on this, but if you're digging eight deep, um, you shouldn't hit eight lands, and that means the other thing's a creature in this deck. Just, you know, statistics and probability. You shouldn't hit eight lands. It could happen, but hopefully not. And some of the... The higher end ones, like we talked about, you know, the four and five drops. And as you get into six, seven, eight, being able to just put those onto the battlefield tapped and attacking instead of paying hard cast is is a fun thing. Now you may poop on the Albert. Uh, I think it's a cool card. I like the art. It's super adorable. Not going to get into why I don't like it just yet. We'll get into that later. <laughs> so stick around, guys, and you'll find out why I don't like the cute little Albert. <laughs> So with our four drops, yeah. I think it's my my go next. Mm. So mine's interesting, and I feel like I should say this a certain way, just because of what the creature creature is. 
but I, you 100 have to. I have an accent that I I don't know about that other the other people do. So now I'm kind of embarrassed to do it. I hear it right now. Yeah, see. <laughs> so we have Severus Nightmare Speaker. I think there's supposed to be like a drag on the S's because he is a Snake Cleric Warlock. I'm gonna try and read this card. He's a four drop, black and three colorless. 3-3, three, three. you can tap him and sacrifice another creature or an artifact for each opponent you mill a card, then return that card from your graveyard to your hand unless that player pays three life. And then he has choose a background, which is not important for this deck. Super, super sweet card. Uh, I almost would build this as a commander, but in this deck it does a lot of work with um, milling. Um, that'll trigger your Sidisi, get you a zombie, and then hopefully your opponents don't pay the three life, and then you can also put it in your hand. Yeah, I mean, in this deck, for most of the cards, I'm okay with it in the graveyard or my hand. I either get value in my hand or a zombie from it hitting the graveyard. So either one's good with me. And we were talking about popper decks earlier. I originally tried to build this as my popper commander with the background being the uh, Cloakwood Hermit, the one that makes the squirrels. Mm-hmm. It was not good. <laughs> Mostly because in a popper deck, as I reveal those things, you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Throw it away. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, that's been dismantled. But uh, it was it was an attempt. I won't say if it was good or bad, but it was an <laughs> attempt. And um, just because he wouldn't do it, this creature's name is Sivris. <laughs> but enough of that. We're going to move on to my four drop. I almost skipped straight to the five drops which I think you want to as well. Yes. Uh, because my choice for this one <laughs> is Curiosity Crafter, which is three colorless and blue for a 3-3 three, three bird wizard with flying. Gives me no maximum hand size, which is not always that important. But whenever a creature token I control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. The main reason it's in this deck is for that last part. So as I start punching holes in the defenses and getting those uh, zombies through... I get to draw cards, which there's not any draw card spells in this deck, so uh, it becomes relevant and helpful in that way. Yeah, that that makes sense. This is one of those cards where like, I want to argue that it's bad, but it's kind of hard to argue that when I haven't played against the deck. So like at face value, I'm like, yeah, this, this card's bad. The no maximum hand size seems pointless. Only being able to draw off of tokens seems good, except... Really, only Sidisi is making tokens, and they they have to deal combat damage to a player. So it seems mm-hmm. bad at face value, but looking at it, it's like I, I would I would be willing to wager that this probably does at least some work. Otherwise, it obviously wouldn't be here after all this time. It does. Let me ask you this question: How many pods do you sit down where somebody is running black? Uh, I don't know. Probably like all pods. Most of them? Yeah, because I play Esper all the time. Uh, so there's a, a handy little creature in this build that I don't think we're talking about, but his name's Filth. Uh, and when he's in my graveyard, gives all my creatures Swamp Walk. Oh, if yeah. If I control Swamp, which I will. Yeah. Um, so that means all those tokens I'm making are going to punch through your Esper defenses. <laughs> and I get to draw a lot of cards. Yeah, Woo-hoo. that's true. <laughs> we got there. Okay, well, I... I know you have more thoughts on this that you want to share later in the, the episode. So we'll we'll let you rest on that and we'll move into the five drops, which I will start. 
This is kind of a weird card. This card is sweet. But it's it is pretty cool. It, I've played it a couple times with this deck. One time it saved my bacon, <laughs> and then the other time I lost my deck. <laughs> but we're talking about Angel of Suffering from uh, the Streets of Nuke Penna, which is three colorless, black, black, for a Nightmare Angel 5-3 flyer. Uh, and it says, if damage would be dealt to you, prevent that damage and mill twice that many cards. Which is cool for Sidisi, kind of. The way that Sidisi is worded, she's not going to get a zombie for each creature that hits the graveyard. Yeah. She's only going to get a zombie for each instance of that happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I won't get this like massive outpouring of, of zombies as if I'm playing Darien, King of Gildor, you know. For every time I get punched, I get zombie or soldiers, but it still furthers the the overall mission of what I'm trying to do, and it's a kind of a fun effect to watch. Yeah, agree with everything you said there. This was actually going to be my pick for the five drop until I seen you already picked it. And I was like, oh bummer. But yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely an interesting effect. Um, I could definitely see how you might would die pretty quickly to it. I mean, getting <laughs> smacked for 10, that's, that's that's 20 cards off the top of your library, but it seems pretty cool. I bet you have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely like a, a high-risk, high-reward sort of uh, sort of approach. I know when it was spoiled, there were people trying to figure out how to like bust it and use your favorite card, Thoracal, or, you know, Lab Man, or some other, some other cute way to, to mill a bunch and then win. Yeah. But, so, so far, I haven't heard very many people either crack that shell or decide it's efficient enough to attempt. Yeah. Well, with that, I guess we'll talk about the best five drop in the deck. Whoa. <laughs> Fair enough. So, just straight off, if this was a legendary creature, uh, this would probably be one of my favorite decks. So, <laughs> my my pick is Having Goal Lich, uh, five drop, three colorless, blue, black, the creature, zombie, wizard. You pay one, you may cast target creature card from a graveyard this turn. When you cast that card this turn, having Gold Lich gains all activated abilities of that card until end of turn. And he's a 4-4. The art's super sweet. I have a Japanese foil one of these. I love it. Um, this card does work. The fact that it lets you hit any graveyard, not just your own, it, it's, it's pretty good. Like, if you can pair it with something that gives you flash, it's even better. Like... <laughs> I've seen people mm-hmm. with like scarab gods and stuff try to reanimate it, and you just you just pop it with having gold lich. It's it's sweet. This like chef kiss good. <laughs> the and the the other part that I like about it is that you cast the creature, but then also having gold gets mm-hmm. the the abilities of whatever it is you're doing. So it's almost like a, a twofer, depending on what you're sniping from graveyards or pulling back from your own graveyard, but. Sometimes that's relevant, and then other times it's just take the card. Yeah. Um, but either way, I, I agree. This is this leads to some fun times. So as we move up the chain of CMCs, spoiler alert, there's only one 7-drop and one 8-drop. Sharpie is madly in love with both of these, <laughs> but I'm going to have to take one of them from him. So I will talk about the 7-drop, and I'll let Sharpie talk about the 8-drop. Well, we got to do the so, six drops first there, Ross. Oh, man, I was just so excited. I was going to skip right to it. We'll come back to those. All right, fair enough. We'll do the six drops. I was just really excited to talk about the seven drop. 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I have about as much love for this six drop as I do the seven and eighth drops. You only have two six drops. You picked the one I would have wanted to talk about. So I got oh, stuck well, with ooey gooey poopy Muldrotha the Grave Tide. <laughs> <laughs> so I will not deny that this card is fantastic. It's great. Uh, it's everything you want in a Soul Tie Legend. The only thing I despise about it is its popularity. Mm-hmm. So I guess before we go further, I should read what it does, despite the fact you probably <laughs> all already really, know. Really card is. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a six drop, three colorless, black, green, blue, legendary creature, elemental avatar. It says during each of your turns you may play a land and cast a permanent spell of each permanent type from among your graveyard. And it's a six six. This is like a guessing game. You still haven't said her name. Oh, did I not say Muldroth of the Grave Tap? <laughs> if you did, I just wanted you to say it again. <laughs> so, um, it's one of those cards when it was printed. Uh, I was on the hype train. I was playing Mimeoplasm at the time, so I was like, yeah, you know, that's going to slot in there great. And then I proceeded to go to the LGS for like three years every Wednesday and sit across from a Muldroth the deck, and I'm just like, I'm tired of this card. <laughs> It's super great. The biggest problem I think people have with it is they drown in value having it as a commander. It being in the 99, it's a little bit hard to drown in the value because you're more streamlined and you have it in there to do certain things. So you're not going to drown in value with this day because you're only going to cast creature spells or lands, I guess. But They could be valuable creatures and lands, though. Yeah, yeah, they could. But no, I, I agree with you completely. I a couple times started to make a Muldrotha deck and just like this deck, I was doing silly versions of Muldrotha, whether that's like, um, like sagas or, you know, something else that I wanted to recur value on something, something kind of goofy, but that Muldrotha is, is similar to, uh, like a Traxa or something where you sit down across somebody and you're like, well, that's that deck over there is probably going to do gross things. I don't know it yet, but I'm, pretty sure there's something gross in there so that's that's why it it just got thrown in the 99 here like it does the things that this deck wants to do anyway it when i cast it there's so many times when it comes out just a giant target on its head whether she has any targets in my graveyard or not (laughs) people are like he's about to do something dumb he's got moldrotha i was like i'm gonna bring a swamp back watch out but you do play field kidding aside (laughs) <laughs> right? I'll play filth. Oh, wait. I've played myself. <laughs> but yeah, all, all joking aside, like when Muldrotha is on the field, it opens up a lot of possibilities. So it is a strong card. Your, your pick now, is arguably stronger, in my opinion. And can be used by Muldrotha. Yeah. For rounding and value purposes, right? Yeah. Um. So my six drop that I wanted to talk, talk about is Noxious Gear Hulk. Uh, so for four colorless black, black. Artifact Creature Construct 5-4 with Menace. More importantly, when Noxious Gear Hulk enters the battlefield, you may destroy another target creature. If a creature is destroyed this way, you gain life equal to its toughness. I'm going to be taking some hits, so the, the life life piece isn't inconsequential. Um, but a 5-4 with Menace is, uh, is also a, a big boon on top of this expensive removal spell that I have in my deck. So my favorite thing about Noxious Gear Hulk is it's it's basically like a time shifted. I'm gonna say Solitude because Solitude's a creature 
but this was printed before Solitude, so I guess you could say um, Swords to Plowshares. Whereas you're you're removing the creature. Yes, you're not exiling it. You are destroying it, but you're removing it, and you gain the life as opposed to your opponents gaining the life. Uh, it doesn't have life link, mm-hmm. but I have it does have Manache, which is if you play Urza, you learn that's pretty strong. It is not inconsequential <laughs> in most games. So yeah, gas card. It's, it probably runs on gas too. Yeah. So, now, I gave a little spoiler earlier, but now Sharpie's going to let me talk about his favorite card, the 7-drop. So, the 7-drop, the which is mostly just really cute, is Dreadfeast Demon, which is a 5-colorless black-black demon. It's a 6-6 with flying. Um, but it has, at the beginning of your end step, sacrifice, sacrifice a non-demon creature. If you do, create a token that's a copy of Dread Feast Demon. The reason I like this, and I've yet to get uh, to pull it off in like any explosive or meaningful way, but I have the potential of turning my zombie tokens into 6-6 six, six flyers. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty cash money. That's pretty cool. But it is it is 7 to, to start this effect, and you don't get to swing immediately with the, the zombie-turned demon. So... <laughs> It's not efficient, but it has potential to be fun. So that's why it's in the in the deck. Yeah, I like it. I like your idea behind it. Seems pretty cool. I feel like it probably eats removal before you ever get a, a zombie turned demon. But I mean, yeah. I, go ahead. Oh, as as I you know play it, and people ask, "What's that card do?" <laughs> and I read that other part, and I'm like. Sack a non-demon, make a demon, no big deal. And they're like, that is going to be a big deal. I know it. <laughs> and then they, they kill it. Yeah, it's a 6-6 six, six with flying. Oh, see, like, it gets really out of hand because on your next turn, you get to sacrifice two zombies and get two. Yeah, this is like, this is mm-hmm, like Najila mm-hmm. levels is, of scary. This is a feast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, the couple of times that I've, I've played it, like, I've sacked a zombie and then people catch on pretty quick about what's going to happen the next time. Man, I'm just sitting here thinking I have all these cuts and ads, and I just thought of an ad that would to- be totally great in this deck. But Feel free to mix, mix it up when we get there. Yeah. So, Well, actually, I'm just going to throw it out right there, right now. Free of charge. Right here, right now. Right, right here, right now. Uh, the Twins from Strixhaven. That's really smart. Yeah, because, well, I mean, Sidisi yeah. makes tokens, but then the Dreadfast Demon, you'd get like two. I'm for it. I love it. <laughs> I might have to put it in here. Yeah, there you go. Hey, wait, that card's like twenty dollars, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Well, if it is, I we'll think find I have... out while you start to talk about. Oh, you have one. You're gonna send me? Yeah, I have two. So yeah, definitely, I'll send you one. What's what is their name? The Adrix. Yeah, Adrix and Nev, twin casters. Oh, it's only eight dollars. Oh yeah, no worries. I thought it had gotten higher than that. Yeah, I used to have a deck with them, and I was like going through my cards last night. I was like, I should rebuild that. But I don't, I don't like Simic, so I don't know. You just don't like green. Oh, man, it kills me. All rambling aside. Yes, I, it I, does. I, I, yeah, yeah, that was a bad pun. We'll move on to the eight drop. Yeah, oh, but we... I strongly dislike this creature. Well, <laughs> let's talk about why. So the only eight drop we have for the deck is Avatar of Woe. It's eight drop, 
six colorless, two black, creature avatar, six five. It said it says if there are ten or more creature cards in total creature cards total in all graveyards, Avatar of Woe costs six less to cast. Then she has fear, which mm-hmm. means she can't be blocked by artifact creatures or black creatures. She can only be blocked by artifacts or black creatures. And then you can tap her to destroy target creature. It can't be regenerated. The wording on that first part really threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> if there are ten or more creature cards total in all graveyards, yeah. So she's a two, she's a two drop. Yeah, could see that happening here. I just i I've never cast this card for more than three. For more than three, but it's like mm-hmm. it's two black, 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 and a colorless. You've no. Hold on, run that. Run back, run that by me again. Am I am I saying that backwards? I was typing as I was talking. <laughs> I've never spent more than three mana to cast this card. Okay, I was gonna say because I'm like Did you. You only get math? two options: two or eight. <laughs> like you can't cast it for three. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is just one of those really old magic cards where it's like, uh, it used to be scary. Now it plops on the field, and before you can tap it, it just gets removed. So sometimes. Sometimes people forget to do the right thing, but it's it's more removal in an all creature deck. So uh, also it's got some some sweet art by RK Post, so can't knock that. Yeah. But as you were talking, it got me to thinking, and I know this is not my turn to do cuts and ads, but I should add that stupid Barracuda to this deck. Yeah, you should. The one that yeah, uh, lets people cast things for flash. Yeah, I have one of those too. If you need it. I- Send it to me. I'm going to write it down. Okay. All right. Sharpie to send me fish. <laughs> Two fishes. Three fishes. Two twins and a oh. barracuda. Oh, dang. One fish, two fish, twin fish, blue fish. Let's go. Wow. That was just super creative. Sorry. I've been reading a lot of Dr. <laughs> Seuss. But anyway, Avatar Woe is is a cool card. It does get killed a lot before it does the killing. Um, but if you haven't figured it out yet, Sharpie's going to try and tell me something about it when we get to the next section. Am I? Which is coming up now. We are entering the CMC lightning round. I don't know. You've been trying to fool me all all along with your cuts and ads. But the CMC lightning round is where the non-owner of the deck, in this case Sharpie, will cut and add five cards. And we have added a layer of complexity lately where he has to read through them as fast as he can without fumbling. There is no award or penalty. It's just something he's got to do. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah, this is going to be fun. He's... So without further ado, let's hear them. All right. So for, for our cuts, we have Avatar, Will, Owlbear, Cub, Filth, Mortivore, Curiosity Crafter. And for our ads, we have Jinkataxis, Core Augur, Slash, Grish, the Grave Tide, Magus of the Bazaar, Doom Whisper, Whisper Blood, Le- Turgurist, I don't know how to say the word, and Master of Death. Oh, no. I didn't say it fast enough. <laughs> it's Grist the Hunger Tide, and uh, she Whisper is a blood liturgist. Liturgist. I don't know if that's right, but you just got a, a liturgist. Liturgist? That's a job title. Say it with confidence, people will believe you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Act like you belong. <laughs> right. All right, so we'll start with the first one since I already have the card pulled up on screen. Yeah. Talking about Avatar of Woe. So (sighs) we just told you what she is, but tell me why I need to cut her. It's it's too slow, man. Mm -hmm. It's too slow. 
It's it's a poo poo hot garbage card. But what if we get the 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 flash fish in there? Then are you on board? No, because it's still dust removal. Like it doesn't have haste. Like that's the problem. Like it doesn't have haste. Well, you you wait. Uh, and this is all gonna end in you saying <laughs> the same thing again. But you wait until the end of the person ahead of you's turn, and then she's ready at your upkeep. Yeah, to slay. I suppose that's people. A lot of hoops to jump through. Well, we're already all creatures, so let's get to hooping. So, all right, what what am I replacing this with? A big blue bastard. I was gonna say the big blue black bastard. But, I mean, honestly, how many great ways do you have to reanimate creatures in your deck? Uh, you're going to talk about one here in a minute. But pulling straight from the yard, uh, there are less. We, But we have Marin and Muldrotha. There's that one Necromancer thing. I don't remember what yeah. it's called. So as I added yeah. that, because I was like, this would be a really good card. You know, um, you're going to fill up your hands. You're going to eat other people's hands. And then you'll be able to discard stuff to reanimate it. But then I got a, kind of got to where I was looking at your list. And I was like, I don't see a lot of great ways to just plop a creature from your graveyard onto the battlefield free of charge. Like, you're you're usually mm-hmm. paying for it in some form or fashion. And if I'm not mistaken, Jenkintaxius yeah. is a 10 drop. He he is a ten drop. So he he's a bit chunky on the the CMC. So that's where I came up with Gris the Hunger Tide. And then <laughs> oddly enough, I think you called it out, called me out on it the other day. But why don't you, why don't you read what Gris the Hunger Tide does? All right. So Gris the Hunger Tide is one colorless Golgari black green uh, for legendary planeswalker Gris. She comes in with three loyalty counters. And as long as she is not on the battlefield, she's a or it's a one-one insect creature in addition to its other types. So, hypothetically, that should satisfy Umori most of the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, companion only work, cares about what's in the deck, what it says when it's in the deck. So now Sharpie's getting cute. Yeah. So you can you give me this card because it has so much text on it. You can plus <laughs> one loyalty to. Create a 1-1 black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. If an insect creature is milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat this process. You can minus two to sacrifice a creature. When you do, destroy target creature or planeswalker, like that. Uh, And then minus five, each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. If that happens, that's going to be some life. Yeah, that's what we call a finisher. A finisher. So, I like... Go go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. It's all you. I like this a lot better than Jengataxis. <laughs> I bet you do. I like it because we're 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 cutting down the curve of your deck um, instead of making it go up. But I like it more because of how it synergizes with your deck. So Jengataxis will draw you cards, and if you don't have a maximum hand size, you can discard them to fill up your grave for shenanigans. However, that does not trigger Sidisi, whereas Grist mm-hmm. does. So I, I think yep. she fits very comfortably into this build. I like this suggestion quite a bit. Winner. Oh, there we go. So moving on to the next cut. <laughs> I don't think you're going to like this one a lot. But we've got Albert. Uh, I believe it was the Sarah McLaughlin music. Yeah. Yes, that was my three drop. We have the eyes of an angel right here. Yeah. Albert cut. So. All right. It's too random. You don't like it. It's not that it's more. it's not that it's too random. 
I like its effect. Its effect is really sweet. The only thing is, is it is 100% a late game effect. And I would be hard pressed to believe that nobody blocks this when you swing in and they have eight lands. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't need to connect. Uh, yeah, I get that. Like you do get your attack trigger, but you only get one. So is it really worth it? Probably not. But <laughs> what if it's something sweet like an avatar? Whoa, except it's gone now. Yeah. Thanks to you. Well, it enters tapped and it, it doesn't have haste. So that's a. But it would enter tapped and attacking. Yeah, but you want to tap it to destroy something. You said it doesn't have haste. <laughs> so I can't tap it to kill something anyway. So it might as well come in doing a job. I don't know. We will. I don't know if I'm going to cut the avatar. Just got a soft spot for it. But I do like the the ad up there. But anyway. What do you want to cut this poor bird bear down for? Magus of the Bazaar. So we have a two drop. It's a blue and a colorless creature, human wizard. Zero one. You can tap it to draw two cards and then discard three cards. So this is another one of those. um, (laughs) I guess you call it card draw, but you're not really netting positive. You're netting negative cards, but it's a looter. Yeah. The way your deck works, I don't think you really have a hard time getting stuff back. You get to choose what you discard, so that's pretty good. And if you add Gris the Hunger Tide, you're just fueling the graveyard for that that finisher. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the thought of this of adding some more card draw. Why why choose this instead of just like a like Merfolk Looter? Because you get where it's to, one for one. You draw more cards and get to dump more cards. That's fair. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was another one of those things that is like, it was an idea before I went back and looked at your deck and was like, oh, he does have a way to quote unquote reanimate stuff, but he's kind of paying <laughs> the iron price for it. So much like Jink attacks, it's not as good because you're not going to be cheating big booty Judy into play for free. You'll have to pay for it, but I think it could still do some work. Oh, no. Big sad. <laughs> but you just made me think of something when you said big, big booty Judy. Was it your high school ex? How'd you know? <laughs> that was my bus driver. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> why, why isn't, why, why don't I include uh children when we're talking about reanimating for free? Oh yeah. Why don't you include children? What a ding dong. Yeah. Who built this deck? Right. Anyway, before we focus on that, I want to play the Sarah McLaughlin music again. As you, whoops, that's a strange effect. There we go. As you want to cut a sweet, sweet card, filth. <laughs> what are you, Mister Clean over here? I'm gonna be completely honest. I was a little scared you were actually gonna play the music, and I was like, no, it's copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, I can't. You made a valuable point earlier, but I think it's only valuable against me because. Like you've stated before, I play Esper Artifacts and the Adjacent, so I'm probably the player that's playing black. But I don't... Thinking about it, I know there's one guy that I play against that's usually always on black, but I don't, I don't see it a whole lot, to be fair. So, the go ahead. Well, I'll let you finish your point, and then I'll come back to that. I think I'm going to say the thing. I think it's a little bit too random. It's a lot like carpet of flowers like you run that in your competitive decks because it's gonna hit because someone's gonna be playing blue but you don't run it in your casual deck because 
you don't know if anyone's going to be playing blue and it's a dead card. That's fair. But what if I was running Urborg Tomb of Yagma? But you're not. I looked it up. I'm not. No, I did not. That would be a smart thing to do. But in the play groups I generally play in, there is at least one person that has uh, black on board. So I'm going to sneak in some damage. And then the the blue counterpart to this often gets me uh, damage in the other directions. Yeah. Which yeah. if you're wondering what that card is. It's wonder. It's wonder. Yeah. If you're going to keep filth, add in Urborg. But maybe I can convince you to cut it for a five drop. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So the cut we've got is, is, a pretty sweet is Doom Whisperer, three colorless, two black creature, nightmare demon. It has flying and trample, so it flamples. It's a 6-6, six, six, and then it's, flample. it has an activated ability of pay two life and surveil two. And then to surveil, you just look at the top card of, or in this case, you would look at the top two cards of your library. You could put either of them into your graveyard or put them back on top of your library. So much like your starfish, this works with your commander. Um, you get way more value out of it than your starfish. It's it's a big beater. It's all around a sweet card. Winner, winner. Wait, is it a winner? Is it is a bad? Are you confused? Yeah, I am. It's both. <laughs> it's both. No, it's a winner. It's a great card. It should be in the deck. I just don't love the cut. Filth has has gotten me in for some some key damage when I've played this deck before. So it's it's more clutch than. Then you give it credit for in most cases. Now, that said, it is probably meta dependent and definitely dependent on the other people you're playing. But it's it's done work before, so I, I do like the card. But Doom Whisperer is a sweet card and probably needs to be in the deck. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, we're going to move on to talk about another one that I have a soft spot for, and that is Mortivore. So it is two colorless black black for a Lurgoyf. It has star star for power and toughness. And its power and toughness are each equal to the number of creature cards in all graveyards. It also has black to regenerate Mortivore. This card is trash. Tell me why to cut it. Trash is junk. Rude. Rude. The fact Rude. that right, you so could play it and it'll just die. Like Maybe if maybe that's what I want. What? That makes no why sense. Would I that? <laughs> I wouldn't, but why would I play it when there's nothing in the graveyard? Uh, well, the fact it gets nuked off of like um, the black ley line and rest in peace. Like that's fair. And if if that's what I'm concerned about, <laughs> I probably have other other concerns though. That's true. My my biggest beef with this creature is actually that it doesn't have evasion. If it had if it had trample or flying or even swamp walk or fear, you know any of those, I would like it a lot more and you'd be hard pressed to get me to cut it. Or even if it was like a, I don't even know if that's in, in here. The, what's the, the one that mills people when you cast stuff? Uh, what's that card called? The creature. Yeah. It mills stuff. It's a, it's a blue black horror. And whenever you cast a card, your opponent's mill. Anyway, while I, Try to use my brain to yeah. remember things. Why don't you tell me what you're cutting this for? All right. So I'm cutting it for Whisper. And this is one of those free cheating reanimator cards. So Whisper is a four drop. It's three colorless and a black legendary creature, human cleric. It's a two, two. 
And it's basically Dread Return on a Stick. So you just tap it, sacrifice two creatures, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So as I, I kind of pointed out before, you don't really have great ways to cheat out some of these bigger creatures. Um, you have to pay full price for them, which isn't bad, but it's, it's much better when you can just get free stuff. So like Jankatax is, like you don't want it in the deck because it's a 10 drop and you're going to have to pay for that. But with Whisper, theoretically, you could just t set two of your zombies, and boom, you you got a, a Jinkataxius for free. But Sharpie, she doesn't have haste. She'll get nuked before she gets to do the thing. Maybe. She doesn't really threaten your opponent's board, so they're less likely to use removal on her. She does if there's a Jinkataxius in the graveyard. Well, that's where you don't just, you know, when you mill that Jinkataxius, you're like, I just mill, <clears throat> and just put it in there. You don't say anything. Like, I can't pronounce this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Jimmy G from the Brexians. <laughs> Winner. There you go. You want to you wanna know a secret about Whisper? What's that? She used to be in the deck. Really? Why'd you? Yep. And the the reason I cut her is, is not a good one. Um, it's because Big Tuck needed a copy of Whisper. And I was like, yeah, I have one. I don't think I'm using it. And I was like, ah, shit, it's in the deck. Whatever. Here you go. So I get like a little, but, a, but yeah. a little bit of like joy and solace when someone's like, "Hey, you have this card," and I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "Can I get it from you?" I'm like, "No, nah, it's in one of my decks." <laughs> <laughs> you you enjoy telling them no, they can't have the card. Yes, I'm just like, "Nah, it's in a deck." Man, that's revealing. Yeah. Also, everyone listening has probably already yelled the name of this card several times, but uh, Consuming Aberration is the card I was yeah, trying to think Yeah, that of. one. The big one. I forgot it did that. Yeah, it's cool. But uh, yeah, I like that cut and the ad. She's uh, more valuable than than my nostalgia for Mortivore. All right. Uh, move, moving to the next one, it's another owl. You got a vendetta against these birds. Uh, cutting Curiosity Crafter, which is the, the token draw, draw me cards card. And what do you want to cut it for? So, as I kind of stated before, not a big not a big fan of this card. One, I don't like... When you're playing a reanimator strategy, I don't like cards that say you have no maximum hand size. It fits a little bit more in your deck because you only have creatures in... You know, you don't have a whisper, so you're you're not cheating stuff out. So discarding it is not necessarily the best thing. But the thing I want to cut it for is a super sweet card. It's one of my favorite cards from Modern Horizons 2, and it's a zombie. We have Master of Death. It's a three drop, a colorless, a blue, and a black creature zombie wizard. It's a three one, and it says when he enters the battlefield, you surveil two. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if Master of Death is in your graveyard, you may pay one life. If you do, return it to your hand. So again, mm -hmm. Surveil works super great with your deck and your commander. This is a super sweet card. You continue to get value out of it, even after it's gone. Sacrificing this to a Dread Feast Demon to get a demon, and then putting it back in your hand to Surveil 2 again on your next turn. It seems super cool. And I think it just works really great with your overall build. Yeah. I uh I like it. Winner. There we go. We got another one. You know it would be sweet is if the the second line of text was dredge instead. We have enough dredge cards though, don't we? Well, that's what some people say, but <laughs> it would be pretty sweet for this deck. So you 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 did pretty well on your cuts and ads, not too shabby. I think you got a passing grade. So, well done, Sharpie. 
now we have a bit of a surprise for oh no marketing ross we have a second lightning round what yes so i'm prepared <laughs> my my heart yeah so this one i don't think you're gonna like as much we're not right. we're oh. we're not gonna go through a bunch of cuts because we already have five here so let's just say you know we'll use the same five but there is a sixth cut and a sixth ad. So, without further ado, we're going to cut Mori the Collector. What? Yes. But. Why? In place of that, we're going to give you another gimmick and we're going to add Primal Surge. Mmm. I see what you're up to. So, instead of going just all creatures, you're going to be all permanents. So, you kind of get to keep the deck the same. But you get to add in a little bit of extra fun. So I'm going to run through the five ads I would like to propose to you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start. Wanna... I'm going to start in order and see if you can guess the last. The last one I want to add to your deck. So the first one we have is Jace Wilder of Mysteries. The second is oh, Lord. Altar of Dementia. Third is Mist Hollow Griffin, and the the fourth is Eternal Scourge. Now, what is the fifth card I would like to add to your deck? Is it the Oracle? Oh, heck no. I hate that card. Lab Man. Nope. Food Chain. Oh. Why? Why? With all the other things you already just said. So the the Scourge and the Griffin, they go infinite with uh, Food Chain. They make infinite mana for creatures. Mm-hmm. So with that, you can, um, you can make infinite mana for creatures. And then you can cast Sadisi. And then she mills her cards. And then you sack her to the food chain for more mana and then cast her again. And then you mill out your whole deck. And then you have Jace Wilder of Mysteries. <laughs> Not a fan? It's it's really cute. I don't hate it, but I think it'd be one of those things that I would want to pull off once and then not do it again. So my thing with all of this is is like the the food the food chain bit was just Trying to be cute because I used to have a CDC deck. It was food chain. It was fun. It's like you said, you pull it off once. It's great. After that, people just kind of interfere with you. And it's not super fun. My main thing with wanting to go with primal search though, is because there are so many non creature permanents that you're missing out on that hold tremendous value for the deck. And that's, that's why I threw in altar of dementia as one of the ads. Like it doesn't actually fit in with the, the food chain line. Like you don't need it. But it's one of those cards that's so great with Sidisi because you mill cards, you make zombies, you sack those zombies to Altar of Dementia, you mill cards, you make zombies. And it just really goes off. So this is kind of the thing where it's like you could almost have two decks for Sidisi. You have like your Umori deck when you're wanting to teach people how to play Magic, but then you have your Primal Surge Sidisi when it's like, I want to play this deck, but I want to have a little bit more fun with it. So that was kind of my idea behind all that. I, it's it's creative, I'll give you that. And I do like the uh, the initial thought. What if I told you that I also already have a Primal Surge deck? I would say I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's an episode for a different contestant whose name may or may, may not be Crush the Blood Braided. Oh, not what I was expecting, but yeah. But... To everybody out there who's listening, congratulations. You made it to the end. Yay! So, thank you for sticking with us, and thank you for making it to the end of the show. 
if you enjoyed it, let us know through um, a myriad of different ways to rank and comment and subscribe to the channels and the content here. And as we, as we had mentioned earlier in the episode, um, if you subscribe to Patreon, you can get into the uh, Discord, have access to some of those locked in, down channels. Um, but we do have some open channels if you want to come out and chat with us about um, Sharpie's other favorite game, Marvel Snap. Nope. Please don't hit me up over that. I will ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, if you want to get a hold of us in other ways outside of the Discord, how would we do that, Sharpie? So you can hit up the main page on Twitter at CMD Tower. If you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at SD underscore Sharpie on Twitter. And Ross, how can they get a hold of you on Twitter? Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm pretty quiet, but I am at Vizardrix Vibes. Otherwise, find me in the Discord. Thanks, everybody. See ya.